Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Yes, You're a Writer. I'm Ariel. With me, as always, is author Joe Whittemore. Hi, Joe. Hey, Ariel. So, a lot of the episodes we've done so far this season involve doing things on your own in terms of reviewing mm-hmm. material for your manuscript. Yeah, because writing is often, as I say, a very solitary craft. Yeah, but occasionally you have to call in for some help. Yes. Because it does o- help overall. Yes. To make up. You can do it. They can help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So critiques. Yes. Critique partners. And I, I want to not just talk about critiques. I want to talk about the reason why you get critiques and why they're important. Because... Mm. Your writing may be very brilliant, you know? I mean, you could you can have a, a master's from VCFA or from Hollins or wherever, you know, whatever good school. But the thing is, you still don't have the distance from your work that you need to view it objectively. Because you're seeing every uh, plot point makes perfect sense to you because you know how the story plays out in your mind, right? Yeah. So the problem is, you can't see where you have little plot holes or where information skips or where it's too much information. And so that's the, that's a good reason to have someone critique your work. Makes sense. And so what you have is you have someone that can, they're there. And I recommend a lot of people start with close family and friends. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend myself unless you have, unless your partner happens to be someone who is also, you know, a writer and is familiar with how that world works. I, and simply, I'm saying this simply because a lot of times your family and friends will tell you things you want to hear. Yeah, they have they, a bias. Right, because they don't want to hurt your feelings. So they'll say, oh, this was so, oh, no, I didn't notice that. And also, something I recommend is whenever you hand someone something to look at, don't tell them what you think is wrong with it. Yeah, they got to have an, a completely untarnished exactly. approach, like start to the, to the exactly. work. Exactly. So if you say, I'm worried that blank, that's all they're going to, they're thinking, already thinking about that in the back of their mind, and that's going to stand out to them, even if it wasn't actually a problem. Yeah. So when you hand off something to someone, you just say, you know, would you mind looking at this and tell me what you think? And then after they've read it, then that's when you come at them with the question saying, did you notice blank? Did you, did this bother you? And then they can reflect on it and go, no, actually, or yeah, actually, now that you mention it. So, mm. but, um, so, yeah, so one of the reasons you do it is so that you can have someone who has a, a completely unbiased opinion and who is not familiar with the story and is reading it with fresh eyes can tell you what they think about it. Um, another good reason to have critique is because it keeps you accountable for your work, right? And what I like to call it is, because I have a critique partner, and I like to call it having an accountability buddy. Oh, okay. Right? It's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Accountability buddy. Yeah. Right? Right. So, but basically this is someone that you have maybe once a week you say, okay, I'm going to send you this chapter. We're going to swap chapters at the end of this week and you're going to read mine. I'm going to read yours. And so that way you kind of force yourself to get the work done. Cool. Right? Yeah. So, or, you know, they can even just check in on you and see how your progress is going. Like, hey, you said that you were working on this. How's it going? Because that's what my critique partner, her name is, uh, she, she's Parker Peavy House. Okay. So, um, she's brilliant, but anyway, so she'll check with me and she'll say, Hey, how's this going? How, how are you working? And sometimes if I'm not doing as well, (laughs) not making as much progress, it kind of spurs me into doing more work. And I'm like, I haven't really been sticking with it, but it kind of inspires me to, to start working again. So that's another good reason is just to have someone to keep you on your toes and keep you moving forward. And also having someone do critiques, it opens your eyes to stuff you were not aware of that you might not even know that you're doing. Like you may have patterns and stuff uh-huh. 
you know, that you, you may have bad habits. Like, and we talked in an earlier episode about using too many metaphors, using too many similes. Okay. Right. So you may have these habits where you happen to do something too often in store and they're like, you do this a lot. And cause I've had that pointed out to me by people, not similes, metaphors, but different things They say, you do this a lot and you don't notice it. Of course, you know, like we said, right. or, like I said earlier, and I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's a good point. And then you start being able to mindfully watch for those things in the future. So that's why it helps to have this critiques. And so you can be, you can be a better writer, honestly. So you can move to the next level. Yeah, and I hope that you know it's re- it's real easy, I guess, to take to take criticism personally. Yes. But if you can move past that and realize that you're doing, you're, you're getting the critiques, you're getting the, the criticism to to improve the overall quality of the finished product. Right. And it's just part of a process. It shouldn't be taken personally. It's just you know taking the feedback, make the adjustments you need to make, and things get better. Right. You know, it's it's all about having that goal in mind. Versus how you feel in the moment, that goal at the at the end of the road, it's hard to kind of. It is. It's difficult to do because you put so. And I mean, and you're an engineer, so you know this. You put so much of yourself into a project. Yeah. And if someone criticizes it, the first thing you do is you take that as as something about yourself. You take right. it very personally, and you say, "Ah, I should have done. I'm not good enough." At, and that's not what that means. Right. When someone when someone critiques a work, it's not what it's not saying you are a bad person, you are bad at this. It's saying this project could use a little work. I believe you could improve it. That's why I'm telling you these things. So the worst thing you can have is someone look at your work and not say anything and say, "Oh, it's great. It's fine." The, because that Yeah, yeah. Right? You don't want that because that means and and especially if, if it's the first time you've ever shown anyone your work and they're just like, "Oh, it's fine." That means Either they can't come up with ways to improve it because there's so much wrong with it, or they don't want to hurt your feelings and tell you ways to improve it. So the thing is, if people see criticism, if if they see an abundance of criticism, they think, oh, this person hates me and I'm horrible and I'm I'm doomed. No, they're telling you these things because they think you have promise. Yeah. And they want to help you make this work better. So don't think of if you see if you get back a manuscript or some pages and there's all kinds of red right you know scribbles <laughs> across the pages don't be disheartened by that because that means this person says look this has hope and this is how I think you can fix it but if someone sends it back and says yeah it's fine it doesn't do you any good right it doesn't yeah. do you any good and it didn't it didn't really speak to them because they they're not trying to find ways to improve upon it it's just it's just okay and you don't want to be just okay yeah. So, and and I know that some, probably what I'm saying sounds, I don't know, it, it probably doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, but trust me, when you're there. Yeah, when you're in it and you're going through the process, right? Yeah, and especially when it's an editor or an agent doing it for you, then the fact that they're investing their time in critiquing your work, that's a good sign. If they were to just send it back and say, oh, I'm sorry, this isn't for me, that's not a good sign. Right? Yeah. Because you want to know why something, it's like, if they can pinpoint for you why something isn't working, then that's, that means that they have an area that they think you can focus on and improve. So, another good reason to have someone critique your work is if you're working with a subject matter that you're not particularly familiar with. So, for instance, say if you're, if your if your book has something to do with chemistry, right, okay. or physics, and that wasn't your best subject in school, uh-huh. and so you're writing, and it helps to go to someone that has a background in that. Yeah, makes sense. And granted, you may 
they may not be well, you know, well learned in in the craft of writing, but they can point out to those mistakes and you know, you approach that from a point of view of, hey, can you look over this and look over the technical aspects of this and let me know what you think of this. And you let them know you're not expecting them to critique the story as the story itself. Because they're not, they may not be of that kind of mind. And they may, I mean, they may still critique the entire work anyway, but they may be focusing more on the technical and that's what you want them to do is to say, actually, that's not how gravity works. (laughs) (laughs) So, because I had, I was working on a project once where I wanted to have someone who could move really, really fast. Like I was kind of having them, kind of like the Flash. Okay. Before I even knew about the Flash. Okay. But um, so it was a friend of mine, and he's super big into comic books and stuff like that. And so he started hitting me with all of these scientific questions. Just like, okay, so what? When this person's running really fast, what happens to their clothes? What is there friction? Because when you're running and there's friction in your jeans, the jeans would just either they would catch on fire or they would evaporate like something would happen and it, yeah. so and i'm like ah, ah, i, I it, <laughs> magic <laughs> so i couldn't think and I, and I was so frustrated but he had a lot of good points yeah and i didn't because i'm not familiar with that background and i don't you know i'm like my you know my background is i do a lot of fantasy writing but it's kind of a thing where you can have these magical worlds and you can I don't want to say you can make up the the laws of, of... But in a way you can, right? Because that's part of the world building process. Right, you can exactly. tweak any rule you want to make something possible that maybe isn't possible. Exactly. But unfortunately, if I'm trying to set something in the real world, I can't do things like that. Yeah. Because I, I have to apply to the laws of, you know, whatever, you know, laws of friction, laws of gravity, absolute relatively. I have to apply, I have to take all of that into account because it's set here. Yeah. So anyway, so that's important. If if you're having something critiqued, I, especially if you're wanting to set it in like a different place, different time, I highly recommend going to someone, at least for those particular, maybe even for those just those particular parts of your story. I highly recommend going to someone who is you know well versed in that field, okay. and asking them, hey, what do you think of this? And I I have friends, and it and yeah, sometimes your subjects may be kind of creepy. Because I've had friends writing about like murders and stuff, and they oh. it, right, and so they'll they speak, to... yeah. So, but you have to, of course, let them know up front that you're you're writing about murder, what have you. But um, and it it lends more credibility to your story if you can actually say, hey, listen, I spoke with a, a maritime lawyer, and this I know this is I know all these things I wrote down are true. So, and that's yeah. when I you know when I do book research, I. I go to libraries and I research, for instance, I did the book Colonial Madness. I actually went to the Boston Public Library and I did all the book research, you know, about colonial times. And I visited um, Plymouth Plantation, you know, and I I talked with all the people that worked there because they kind of reenact colonial times. And I got all the information from them. I took lots of pictures. And so I incorporated that. And if you don't have access to things like that and you're kind of just going off what you see on the Internet, then that's when it helps to be able to go to someone, maybe do interviews, or just have them read your text and say, "What do you think of this? Is this is what I wrote accurate?" Mm-hmm. And I've had, and I had, again, my critique partner. I had her do that um, with this with the soccer stuff in the confidentially yours books because I'm not big into football, <laughs> as they call it, or soccer. As they call it everywhere else in the world, but here in the United right. States. So, um, so I, I sent it to my critique partner and I said, "What do you think of this?" And because her, her husband is a football 
or so, I shouldn't say soccer coach, sorry. So he's a sure. soccer coach. Yeah. And she was like, okay, this is good, but you, you know, you need, you probably need to add in some drills that they would do, you know, like dribbling drills and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, that's great because I don't know those things. And then I can go research. And that's a lot of times, sometimes too, you don't know where to start. Okay. Talking, you know, when you're talking about a certain subject that you're not familiar with, you don't know what are the basics that people, what are the building blocks of that mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. subject, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when it helps to have someone look at your work and say, this is actually something you would need to include. Everyone would know this. So um, something else to think about when you are getting critiques, because a lot of people, especially if they're going to strangers, their big concern is that someone's going to steal their work. Oh, yeah. Right? Because they've got this brilliant book, and they just know that if they share it with a stranger on the internet, that person's going to go, this book is great. I'm going to put my name, I'm going to erase their name, put my name on it, and this will be my project. That, I don't want to say it never happens, because maybe it happens 0.001% of the time, but the thing is, people, there's no satisfaction in that. Right, there's no satisfaction in taking someone else's work and trying to pass it off as your own because everybody wants to make a name for themselves with their work. And plus, even if they were to make a name of themselves with your work, they still have to come up with a follow-up work. Yeah, and I mean, you know, these days there's traceability with everything, so I'm sure there's a record of you sending said person your exactly. manuscript and stuff. There's just it's not it's not really a realistic concern not not that i want to downplay people's feelings right, it's right sure. you're you're within your right in, in to feel that way if you if you haven't experienced this process before but uh, don't let that hold you back i guess it's kind of echoing what you're saying exactly and something you have to think about is if you are working with there are different ways you can go about this you can pay someone to critique your work and i'm part of a group called yellowbird editors um, and we do manuscript critiques, we can do page critiques, we can do chapter critiques, we do query and synopsis critiques. And so that's just paying someone else and, you know, you don't have to do anything for them in return other than give them money, right? But if you're wanting a critique partner or if you're part of a critique group, you have to remember that it's kind of a quid pro quo situation, right? You can't just have, you can't just say, here, please read my pages and tell me what you think. Oh, you want me? No, I'm busy, you can't, yeah, right? Yeah. It can't be it like that. It has to be an exchange of some Exactly. Of, yeah. You have to be willing to give as good as you get. So you have to be like, sure, I'll run it. That's, and that's why you do the swap is you say, okay, I'm going to give you five pages. You give me five pages. And you have to put as much effort into it as they are putting into it. And the thing with critiques to remember, of course, is always we talk about the compliment sandwich. Yes. Right? Because you don't go into it destroying someone and going, here's everything that's wrong with your work. You want to start off with the strengths of the work. And then you want to say, here are some areas of opportunity, right? And then you end with something else strong about the work. Yeah. Or, or another way to look at it, too, is you have to, before you criticize someone, you have to build up credits. Yes. So we, we talk about this. I, I teach martial arts. And uh, you, know, you have to build up some critique credit by showing folks things that they did well right. so, so that your criticisms have a bigger impact because if all you are is negative, 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 right. people get desensitized to it quickly and it doesn't do, any, do the other person any good. So if you really want to help the other person, Build up some credit first. Yes. Do use, use a compliment sandwich. Exactly. Or maybe throw in a couple compliments. It's like or, sort of a compliment Big Mac or something. Yeah. There's an extra <laughs> layer of bread in yeah. there somewhere. But you, you, you build up your credit and then you throw the critiques in so that they have a bigger impact. 
Right. And then another thing to remember when you're on the receiving end of a critique is don't get defensive about it because these people, I know we talked about it earlier, but these people are trying to help you. So a good thing to do when you get a critique, because um, sometimes people like to just curl into a ball and cry, and do you can do that. But the thing is, give what they're saying 24 hours, right, before you decide to write it all off and say, no, they're wrong, they're dumb, this is brilliant, I'm brilliant. Because you are probably brilliant. But there may be some areas of opportunity for you. So it helps to be... Because the thing is, the first thing when someone says something negative about you is you feel the need to defend yourself. Because again, instead of having it just be about your manuscript, you've made it about you. And so that's why we give ourselves, we don't respond, you know, we say thank you for, you know, thank you for your feedback, but we don't respond, we don't act on it for 24 hours because we want to see how much of that is just fueled by emotion, how much we disagree is fueled by emotion, and how much is fueled by we actually know our manuscript well enough or we actually think, no, this is actually good. Because there is some stuff that someone might criticize that you still think is brilliant. And it may be, and there may be nothing wrong with it, but there will be stuff where someone suggests, you know, hey, you've made this mountain scene a little bit too long, and I got a little lost, and I got a little bit bored of it. And then you've given it 24 hours, and you look at it, and you try and read it in someone else's eyes, and you go, okay, I can see where this could be a little bit long. And so that's, you know, so that's something to think about, is like, don't get defensive when you get a critique. Because again, this person's trying to help you, You've come to them for help. They're just trying to tell you what they're seeing. They're not trying to hurt you or bring you down. They just want to show you ways that you can make your, your manuscript more awesome. Yeah. Right? And so some different things you could also do. We talked about critique partners. And some people are wondering where they can find critique partners or critique groups because they don't even know where to start, right? Uh-huh. So I always – I know some people have trouble socializing. They may be socially awkward, and they don't enjoy being around other people. But – it helps to be a little bit involved in your writing communities because, like I said before, writing is a very solitary craft, but you still need a support network, and that's where your writing communities come in. So for children's writers, we have the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, which is the SCBWI, and that's great. Um, romance writers have Romance Writers of America, of course. You know, okay. You have Mystery Writers of America. You have all the different genre groups. And all of those have their own critique groups inside. So, for example, SCBWI, there's actually a forum um, on the SCBWI website where you can find critique partners or you can even post stuff that you want to have critiqued by other people. And they'll, they'll critique it online for you if you want. So that's how you can find it. There's also a group called, or a website called Absolute Right, and they have what they call the water cooler. And that, again, is where you can find a critique group and you can send samples of your work. And you, if you get Writer's Digest or uh, Poets and Writers or The Writer Magazine, though all those places will recommend places where you can find critique groups or they may even have postings of people that can gr- do critiques for you. So there's plenty of resources out there for t- critiques. So, But I, my big point is I want to get back to is critiques are so very important for your writing. It, it makes it better. It makes your work more polished. It allows you to see things that you never would have seen that someone else might pick up. It makes you sound, all your work sound very plausible and credible as a story. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's better for your soul too because you get used to that criticism. You get used to, you you build up a a thicker skin. 
And you're going to, this sounds so scary, you're going to need it. But you're going to need that when you get to the submission stage, right? When you're submitting to editors and agents, and especially when you get published and when you're working, getting reviews, you need to have that thick skin because people are going to say things against your work. You're going to get critiques that you didn't ask for, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to start building up that thick skin. So let someone see your work, someone that is not your grandma, and that is not your little kid, you know, your your son or your daughter, because they're going to tell you, oh, that's great, mom. But they're saying it out of love. They're not saying it out of, let me see how I can make this work better for you. Cool. All yeah. right. Thanks, Joe. So where can people find more of your stuff? So you can go to my website, which is www.joewoodamore.com. And on there, you can see a link to our podcasts, and you can see my books, and you can see other writing resources. And Ariel, where can people write to us with questions or comments? The email address is yyawpod, so yyawpod at gmail.com. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks.